Thank you for joining us today on Positively Charged Biz. We are here to motivate, inspire, and support our listeners as they write their life stories. We are a proud founding member of the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative, and you can check out more awesome podcasts at realdisrupt.com. Good day, everyone. I hope you are having a positive and productive day. If there is one thing that has been a constant in the last few months, it has been change. And so we are thrilled to have an expert in this topic on our show today. I would like to introduce you to Pam Marmon. She is the CEO of Marmon Consulting, a change management consulting firm that provides strategy and execution services to help companies transform. From Fortune 50 to startups, Pam brings unparalleled change expertise and insights as a practitioner, a speaker, and an adjunct professor of future change makers. Pam's book, No One's Listening and It's Your Fault, is a must read for every business leader to give them some insights into how to bring your team together and execute change. Growing up in Bulgaria and moving to America has taught her to be adaptable and resilient to change. Pam, on Positively Charged Biz, we like to start at the beginning. So please tell us, why did you decide to focus on change management? Well, Laura, thank you so much first for the warm introduction. I'm honored to be here. Uh, And change management, such a fascinating field for me. So I graduated with my undergrad 15 years ago. So I am technically an old millennial. And um, as I started my career, I was in corporate America and um, moved throughout the country, various organizations that I work with. And eventually I stumbled upon this uh, field of change management. I had just started working in consulting. I was working with a Fortune 50 client in Seattle, and we were leading a large merger and acquisition um, for them in the technology space. And I worked alongside a consultant who was doing change management. And I thought, what a wonderful career to have because of the proximity to the leadership team and the strategic thought that goes behind it. And also my passion for leadership and for people. I just saw it all come together in one beautiful space. Um, so from that point on, I became certified in change management uh, and pursued my MBA and practiced it for the last decade. Absolutely thrilled to be writing and talking about change management, especially in our current circumstances where it is uh, inevitable that something will have to change and we as human beings will have to adapt to our new environments. And I'm happy to share a message of hope. I know the title is uh, almost like surprising uh, and it's bold. And there's a story that goes uh, with the title that I share in the book, but it truly comes down to us as leaders being able to listen and to hear and to understand what our organizations need, and then to apply the methodology behind change management and communications so that you have a successful outcome at the end. Absolutely. And and you are 100% correct. It's so interesting. You know, I, I watched a TED Talk once where they said, do you know what the number one skill is to have as a human being? Do you know what the number one skill is? I'm going to guess adaptability. It is. That is exactly <laughs> it, Pam. So the number one skill to have is adaptability. And you're correct that they say that if you can just be able to adapt to situations and then be able to lead others 
through those situations, you absolutely will be able to be successful in whatever you do, whether it's personal or it's business. So why do you think this is um, such a topic that leadership teams struggle with? Yeah, and it's actually the reason why I wrote the book, um, Fear. Mm. I think the underlying cause of why leaders struggle with it is this fear, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, uh, fear of you know asking people to do something different that we are not in control of other human beings. Uh, you know, certainly there are incentives in our organizations we can apply, but this fear of what if I lead this change and this transformation and it doesn't work out, the resources and the financial resources that have been invested and from a human perspective, the human capital that's been invested. Um, and so I wanted to solve for that fear and I wanted to provide leaders the resources and the confidence to step into the space of leading change, knowing that if I apply a proper process, and in the book I talk about how with the proper process, change is not hard. And what a radical thought when you think change is not hard. I can't believe she said that. Um, but I truly believe that if we if we master the process and the thought that goes behind it and the emotional intelligence required for leaders to be successful and for their people to be successful, and if we turn our perspective to the actual employee that's going to be experiencing the change or the customer that's going to experience the change, if our goal is to delight them and to make their lives easier, then we owe it to ourselves as leaders to get better. And I wanted to help leaders get better at it so that we can have healthy organizations that function. I want it, and I truly believe that when you have a healthy organization, you have happy employees that go home to their families and that trickles down in their family life and their children and their community. And I just couldn't imagine holding back in a message that's so powerful and the impact it could have on the world. Absolutely. So I know that part of your book, you have the readiness assessment. And speak a little bit about that and the importance of doing that process. Yes, the readiness assessment is one of the first steps that we take whenever we map out any change in an organization. And essentially, it's a set of interviews. And we identify key key stakeholders in the organization who are going to be able to provide us input as how this change will roll out. Typically, I ask questions around the culture, the leadership, the communication, potential resistance, potential need for training, what would work, what wouldn't work, what has worked in the past, um, what didn't work in the past, because we don't want to repeat that. And what I'm looking for is what is the one thing that's going to make this change stick in this organization, in this culture, with these people? That's what I'm looking for. And then as I craft the actual change plan, which I typically do in a visual format so that people can understand uh, rather than the hypothetical way that people can talk about change and it's very theoretical. I want to make it practical. When we look at change, what are the activities? What are the messages? What's the timing? Who's the leader that needs to send these messages? Because it certainly is not a consultant hired in that is going to have the greatest impact when it comes to delivering the messages. People need to see their leaders engaged. People need to see themselves as the heroes of the story and this journey that they're on. Um, And we need to craft it in a way that's going to resonate within the organization. And what I mean by that is oftentimes we have organizations that have multiple initiatives, lots of strategic uh, initiatives going on at the same time. And what we fail to do is to consider the end receiver's perspective and how they will perceive every change happening in the organization that's hitting them. So we have an opportunity as leaders to say to our peers, 
what can I help you with on your change initiative that you're leading? And what can you help me on mine? And how can we strategically think about the communication and the messages we deliver to our people so that we um, we tell the proper story and that story makes sense in the context of our organization? Okay, so now all of that is wonderful, perfect, I'm in. What about when all of a sudden there's a pandemic <laughs> and all of a sudden... There's shelter-in-place notices that happen within a few days, and you don't have the time to to truly think about every item and be able to say, okay, here's our plan. We've all just gone through a sudden dramatic change where we weren't necessarily prepared. What are your recommendations in those situations where I think we've all experienced something that hopefully it's once in a lifetime and we never have to go through that again, but who knows what uncertainty could come and what do you recommend in those situations? Yeah, so Laura, you you're spot on. This was this is not the same. When we plan change under normal circumstances, we have the privilege of time and and thought that goes behind it and the ability to socialize it and get input and buy-in. What we just experienced and we currently are experiencing in our environment in 2020 is very different. We flipped from this planned change to this urgent. It's immediate, it's urgent, and we don't have the ability to kind of sit on it for a long time and dwell on whether it's you know pros and cons. And so the, the change itself and how we plan it is, uh, while it's different, the principles are the same. We still need leaders to be involved. We still need communications to take place. We still need people to understand the impact of them and what they can do and the behavior change for them. Now, what we do need to do a little bit differently is as we think about the frequency of the messages, right. how right. those messages are distributed, who needs to hear what, when, um, how do we engage people so that it's um, just in time and, and relevant right now. I think the biggest change that I have seen, and I'm, I'm actually excited to see it, is this ability for people to work from home. Yeah. Yeah. And prior to the pandemic, I was leading um, clients through what we call the future of work. And in so many ways, it's here. <laughs> the future came fast and furious. Uh, but the future of work was really helping organizations scale up so that they're prepared for their workforce to be able to work remotely. And um, and it happened instantly, almost overnight, people had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bumpy at first. But you know, I also think there's a lot of grace for people as we were all figuring it out and in our home offices and with our children running around and our dogs barking or whatever. Um, it brought us together. There's a sense of togetherness and familiarity that we didn't have before. And all of a sudden now we're all on the same level playing and we all have to share that experience with one another. So I think looking back, you know, pandemic is, in itself is a terrible, uh, you know, it was terrible. It, I hate that it happened. And I, we certainly hope it never happens again, but we've become more agile as a result. And it, and it was forced upon us to become more agile. And rather than sitting and waiting for something else to change, the leaders who are adaptable figured out how can I change? How can I help my my team change? And how can we thrive in this new environment? And maybe we offer a totally different product, totally different service. Maybe we evolve in some way. And the creativity and the innovation that's taking place is just 
fascinating to watch. So um, while the circumstances are unfortunate, I do see a silver lining in all of this uh, that we as humans continue to evolve and adapt. And that's truly beautiful. Yeah. And, and I will second, second that comment. I mean, it's amazing what we've seen. And I totally agree with you. You know, when we would do video calls, you know, maybe six months ago and you saw something wrong, you immediately said, oh, how unprofessional. Now we're like, ah, that's nothing. <laughs> the dog's going by, the kid's going by, something's falling down. It, it doesn't matter. The doorbell's ringing. It's okay. It's all good. We're, we're okay with that. So I think you're right. I think it's made all of us just be able to connect. I think there is a, what you, you mentioned it. We're all in the same boat, right? We're all dealing with the same situation and we're changing together and we're adapting together. And there's a commonality there. You know, all of a sudden, everyone was going through it together. And I think we fared very, very well. Although I certainly never want to see it happen again. It definitely proved how resilient we are and how adaptable we are, which yeah, has absolutely. been wonderful. You know, it's, it's and, and I've also seen leaders um, display a lot of emotional intelligence, yeah. which is fantastic. Just human to human, relating to one another, supporting their employees, supporting one another. Um, to me, that that skill set was also elevated. So not mm -hmm. just adaptability, but the emotional intelligence that's required. And the combination of the two is a powerful combination as we we look at uh, the future of work. You know, even yeah. ten years from now, what that's going to look like. Yes. And it's interesting. I actually um, interviewed a futurist, did not even realize that there was such a thing as a futurist. Um, but we had this conversation of what does the future of work look like? And how has this kind of sped it up? You know, where we thought things would be happening 10 years from now, it's honestly happening right now. And it's very, very interesting to watch this. So in terms of communication, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, do you think you're going to see a lot more communication through video? Are you seeing more leaders communicate that way where previously maybe it was an email or maybe it was gathering everyone together on a phone call? Like, what are you seeing and what do you recommend? How often do you if, even, especially when you're going through a transition of change, how often do you recommend communication? Yeah. So specifically when it comes to video, I am seeing an increase. And um, as a matter of fact, today I was helping leaders develop a, a little video that they're sh showing internally to with one of my clients. And we were recording the videos and people were in their home offices and it's very organic. There's no fancy cameras. Yeah, you know, the technology, it is what it is. Uh, but that, uh, that makes it more human to us to relate to. And there's something really beautiful that we can, we get to experience from that perspective. I do believe that video is a great way to connect more um, just emotionally with people as you see their faces and their expressions and um, all of the cues that people will give you visually right. when you're not in the same place. Also, the remote work and people being able to work globally now um, and using technology for our advantage has really helped us to say, maybe I don't need to be in the office, you know, from nine to five or whatever. Maybe I can work remotely and this is what it looks like. And people can still connect with you, which to me was the biggest opportunity that I think people were worried would I be able to connect with people if I'm remote and nobody sees me? The other challenge that um, as I've worked through future of work projects that people have had was around performance. Would my team be able to perform mm -hmm. as a manager? Would I be able to manage my team and if they need help and so forth? And it's interesting when we do think and we look at the data 
that performance has not been an issue, you know, and, and yeah. teams have overcome that. So um, the things that we hold, uh, things that we fear as leaders are starting to kind of bubble up and we're, we're revealing really the truth behind it and kind of dispelling the, the fear and the myths that come with remote work. Right, absolutely. And, and furthermore, on the communication side, how often do you recommend that leaders communicate the vision of the company and the path? Like how often do you think, recommend that leaders do that? All the time. Okay. All the time, because it is a message that's expected mm -hmm. of them, from them, and uh, people are looking to them to hear that message. So when it comes to organizational vision and strategy, it's the executive leaders that people want to hear from. But when it comes to day-to-day -day changes to my job, it's the manager who is supposed to communicate. And this is from research done by ProSci, which is a change management research organization. And so we are very mindful when we implement large transformations to say, these are the messages that have to come at the executive level. These are the messages from the middle managers. And these are the messages to the employees directly. Um, and that message of the vision is a critical component because an organization without a vision can't transform. There's nothing, no path forward for it yeah, until the yeah. vision is set. So everything has to anchor under that vision. Every initiative, every project has to anchor under that vision. And there has to be that commonality with communications and our messaging to tie it all back together to the vision. Absolutely. Now you speak about speaking the same language, right? In your book, I know that that was something that I absolutely connected to, that you have to be speaking the right language to your audience. So go into a little bit of detail about that. Yeah. So corporate America is really interesting because we hear a lot of corporate talk and fancy words and very well-crafted messages that sound beautiful, but people can't interpret. And so I'm actually seeing as this trend where organizations are saying, and people are saying, just say it in a way that I will understand it. Say it simple, say it clearly, say it succinctly to the point at the right time. Don't say it too early, don't say it too late. Um, and that has really forced leaders to evaluate how they communicate and their messages and their tone of communication and, and how transparent they're, they're choosing to be with their people. And so this, this idea of speak their language has more to do with the organization and the culture and the type of people you speak to so that you can connect with them. Because if you speak the wrong language, uh, the message will be missed. People will ignore it. They won't hear it. They, they can't interpret it. They'll just right. move on. Um, and even perfect example, yesterday we were talking with a leader and the moment we touched on budgeting and finance, she lit up. That was her language. Mm. And I cued in on that because I knew that going forward, if I needed to connect with her, that's the language for her. And so I just need to be mindful of that. And so I think we all have an opportunity as we communicate with one another to truly understand what is our language? What does it sound like? How do we prefer to be communicated? Is it visual? Is it through visual graphics, communications, video? Um, is it written? Is it voice message? It varies from you know person to person and every organization has its own flavor of that preference as well. But um, the key takeaway is really for leaders to be mindful. Am I speaking the right language? And are people understanding what I'm saying to them? Because if they're not, then anything I'm saying is irrelevant and it's not going to land on fertile soil. Right. So I want to hear, where did the name of the book come from? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
I was meeting with one of my mentors who is a very well decorated military person. Um, and he graciously accepted to mentor me. And so we were meeting at our usual time um, one day. And I just casually asked him, how is your day going? How is your work going? Uh, and he, he expressed frustration. And he said, you know, we're leading this large work body of work and we're sending emails and nobody is listening and nobody's hearing what we're saying and nobody's doing anything different. And I'm very frustrated because this work is really important. And I, uh, (laughs) it was at this instant moment that it came out of my mouth and I couldn't even believe it, but I said to him, well, no one's listening and it's your fault. And, you know, that we paused for a second looking at each other and and I thought for sure he's going to have to like he's going to say something because that was super bold. I cannot believe I said it. And he just leaned in and he said, tell me more. Okay. And this curiosity that he had and, and just permission for me to share more about my perspective kind of opened that door. And it helped me to realize how many wonderful leaders are in this world who want to do good work, who have great intentions, but are going about it not the most opportune way. And they think it's the right way to, you know, email (laughs) and they think this is like what I'm supposed to do. But the reality is email is the least effective way to communicate with people and it gets overlooked and and people don't read it and ignore it. Um, And so helping him understand what that path is helped me realize that there's actually an opportunity for me to help more people with that. And so the title was born out of this conversation with him. Um, I thought it was bold, but that's truly what I want to tell leaders, Uh, not to be offended, but to be curious and to lean in and say, tell me more because I want to be a better leader. I want to lead organizations through transformation better. And there's an opportunity for me as a leader to learn how to do that better. Love that. So would you state that the best audience for your book would be someone in a leadership role? Or do you recommend, like, who do you recommend the audience to be? I would say anybody who is a director or a manager or above would be the ideal audience. Mm -hmm. That being said, I've had friends uh, and family members who've read the book who have said, wow, I can actually apply this to my nonprofit or to the work that I do and I volunteer. And so there's a little bit of something for everyone, especially as we look at our interactions with human beings. Anybody can learn something from the book when it comes to understanding how do I communicate better. So while the ideal audience is a leader, manager, and so forth, um, I think all of us can take away something. Absolutely. And it's a very easy read. It's a very quick and easy read. You did a wonderful job on putting the book together. And definitely, I shook my head. Yes, 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 quite a few times. And it's interesting. I mean, I can tell you one time in my organization when we failed miserably at change. And to this day, I speak of this, even though it was like 2011. It was that long ago. And I still can remember it like it was yesterday because of the struggle. And in our industry, I'm in the mortgage industry. And so back long time ago, you had paper files. So you would have a file this high of paper in in a file folder. So in 2010, I come up with the idea of we're going paperless. That was very ahead of the curve. People were not paperless at that time. Now, the reason why I was going paperless is actually the best part of the story. One of my underwriters, okay, the mortgage underwriter, she had had a baby and she came to me and she said, Laura, I love my job, but I can't leave him. And I said, well, are, are you resigning? And she's like, no. I have a proposal. And I said, okay, I can't wait to hear. She said, how about 
If every day I come to the office and I take my files and then I go home and work and then at the end of the day I'll come back and I'll hand them out to everybody and I'll be able to work from my house. Of course, she was a valued employee. I said, that's a great idea. But I said, with that, well, why don't we just go paperless? Why don't we eliminate the file? And so the intention was to be able to help her, but then open it up. As I said, it failed miserably at that particular time. Now, I will tell you, four months later, we did it again. And of course, we were successful. But I can remember just thinking where we made our mistakes. And a lot of the things that you said, we, it took me a second time to try again and be able to regroup everyone because we knew we could do it. But to this day, even though we've done many other change things, that particular one really is near and dear to me because it was the one time where it was, nope, we didn't follow the steps. And so thank you for everything that you've shared because this is vital and this is something that all leaders need to, number one, you, you know, there is no perfect process for change, but if you do bring everyone together, listen and understand and have those, um, those evangelists, you know, for their separate sections, right? They're going out there and they're, they're saying why. So let me ask you that as the next question. How do you get all the departments? Is it really identifying that leader within each of the departments? So how do you get all the departments to come together? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I can truly hear your heart and and admire you as a great leader. That's fantastic that you were willing to make such a shift to accommodate your employee. Um, Change champions are- Yes, change champions. Uh, They're incredibly important in, in any large transformation. And essentially what that is, is we identify key influencers within each group that's going to be impacted and we give them a task. So they're influencers who are trusted, who are admired by other people, who can represent other people well. Um, and we gather all of these individuals on a regular basis throughout the duration of the work to inform them of what's progressed what's happened on the on the work and the project and also to provide them talking points so they can take them back to their teams mm. and when they take them back to their teams we ask them to ask for feedback and then they bring the feedback back to us as the project leaders and we refine our approach and we adjust and we define if there's anything that needs to be altered and how we move forward and so this relationship is so critical because we're constantly keeping a pulse on the organization rather than spending six months or a year or more planning a change and then going live with a big bang and hoping and praying that people like it we've involved people along this journey from the beginning and we've also built this social peer approval in a way that's happening at that level as well, where people are seeing their peers engaged and excited and on board. And even when they have questions, and I say when, because they will, and we should expect it, it is not with a tone of negativity. It's a positive approach to leading this change and helping people understand. Because a lot of times the resistance is, I don't understand it. I don't like it. Uh, you know, I don't like the project. I don't like you as the leader. Um, and um, anyway, so like that's a lot of very, very interesting ways to when we think about engaging change leaders, like helping them understand what could that resistance look like within your team and what tools can we provide you so that you can help mitigate that resistance before we go live so that we're not encountering the people 
aspect of the, the, the struggles where it's the behavior change that's not coming along. The technology may be there. We may have thought through all of the processes and everything, but if we haven't brought people along that journey, it's likely that we're going to experience that resistance. Absolutely. So do you run into some leaders? Like we mentioned, why do they, it, that it goes back to fear. How, how do you get them to overcome that? Is it really just explaining the full process or how do you change that mindset? Because there really are a lot of leaders that, like you said, fear of failure, fear that it, it might negatively affect, you know, or maybe like you said, fear, fear of failure is a big deal, right? What if I can't pull this off? What Will this have a negative effect on the overall progress of the company? So how Absolutely. do you do that? Or, or my job, you yeah. know, like my job at the end of this, if this doesn't work out. Um, certainly. So one is setting expectations and helping leaders understand that what you're about to go through is normal. You will experience bumps. Not everybody is going to be excited. There, there is going to be a resistance and we won't get the communication thing 100% perfect all the time. And so if you set the expectation that while all of these things are going to happen, and I'm not afraid that they're going to happen because I've seen them happen for a decade and we've worked through all of them. I also want you to, to know that the plans that we're putting together are designed specifically to counter all of these potential roadblocks along the way. And so by creating the strategy, by creating the plan, by getting them involved, identifying the influencers, all of that is designed to make sure and ensure that the change is successful. Now, we oftentimes see delays in timelines, the budgets get stretched. There's things that are outside of our control sometimes as, as leaders that we have to be mindful of. But if we come into it with an open mind that it's not going to be perfect, and I'm not a perfect person as a leader to implement this, but I do have smart people on my team. And we've put together very thoughtful plans. And we've thought about our communications and our team and how we're going to we are going to engage people and how do we proactively manage resistance, not just reactively at the end. All of these things provide that leader a sense of confidence. That's and confidence awesome. is so critical when we lead anything and anyone. Uh, the confidence that even if it's our first time leading a large initiative, we have the right team with us and uh, and we have the right plans to map it out so that we can confidently move through the change. Absolutely. I mean, our teams are always watching us right? Our teams are always watching us. And if we go out there with that confidence, right? We, nothing is perfect. We all know things will get off course. We'll have to get them back on. It may not be exactly according to plan, but if you go with that confidence and you continue to communicate, they will follow and they will trust and you'll get through it. So absolutely. I'd like to say that people will follow a leader who is trustworthy more than a follow a leader who is right always right. Mm. And I think uh, oftentimes leaders get caught up on this. I need to be right, but you actually need to be trustworthy because when you're trustworthy, people connect with you and they're willing to overlook some of our personality quirks or whatever. Um, and they expect you to be honest and uh, transparent with them rather than be right all the time. I think that is a very good thing to wrap up. That gets us right to the end there, Pam. Okay, tell us, Pam, how can people learn more about you, your company, and how can they get the book? 
Oh, absolutely. So the book is available on Amazon. No one's listening and it's your fault. Um, and people can learn more about Marmon Consulting on our website, marmonconsulting.com. I also have a lot of free resources and templates available to leaders. So anybody who visits the website can click on, uh, check out all the resources that are available in the templates. You can download them. My hope is that everyone will be able to lead organizational change well. And I want to equip them and provide whatever resources necessary. So um, the other way is to also connect with me on LinkedIn. And uh, I'd love to chat and learn more about what people are leading and questions that they may have around change. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so instructional, informational, and so valuable. So thank you so much for your time. We truly appreciate you being with us today. Thank you for having me, Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Positively Charged Biz. I'm Laura Brandeo, and we are here to motivate, inspire, and support our listeners as they write their life stories. If you have an inspiring story, please email me at laura at positivelycharged.biz. And remember to subscribe to hear more great guests. And connect to us on Facebook at Positively Charged and Instagram at Positively Charged Podcast. Until next time, we wish you a positive day.